So food acts really well to block out emotions. That's why emotional eating makes so much sense and can become such an entrenched or ingrained pattern of behaviour. In a way, it's a solution to a problem. But also, when emotions are blocked, they stay stuck. They have no room to move through and move on. So it's much less easy to feel better in the longer term. Welcome to the Yo-Yo Freedom Podcast. This is the place to learn actionable step-by-step tools and strategies to help you stop binging or overeating and start feeling relaxed and confident around food so that you can show up for your life on your terms. I'm Gemma Keys, and I know firsthand what it's like to feel out of control around food and trapped in the pain of binge eating and body shame. There is a way out. Keep listening to discover your path to food freedom. Welcome to the podcast. It really is wonderful to have you here. Today we're talking about emotional eating. I mean, emotional eating. Even that term has a sort of out of control feeling around it, doesn't it? Almost as if it's an inevitable part of our experience and a sort of core characteristic that makes up who we are and what we do. Emotional eating or eating feelings is definitely a thing, right? And if we get really honest, it does kind of work. Otherwise, it wouldn't be tempting to eat when we felt bad. We just wouldn't want it and we wouldn't need to do it. But if you're someone who struggles with binging or overeating, I'm guessing emotional eating has come up for you in some way. And if that sounds like a massive understatement, all I can see is, I hear you, me too. That's why in this episode, we're going to talk more about how feelings or emotions affect the way we eat and move on to a really effective strategy to get through emotions, however they show up, without needing to turn to food to cope. So why does the way we're feeling impact what we eat? Why is it that when we're feeling bad or anxious or low or lacking in some way, we're much more likely to eat the food we wish we weren't eating at all, let alone in the quantities we're cramming into our mouth. Does that resonate with you at all? I know it does for me and also for so many of the women I work with, which is why it's such a key area to address. One way to think about emotional eating is that the food takes the edge of feeling bad in the moment. Instead of feeling the full feeling, eating can act to distract or to numb or suppress or sidestep whatever we don't want to be feeling. Some examples of emotions that I've heard about recently that lead right to a binge include feeling overwhelmed with responsibilities and stuff that needs attention, as if every day is a relentless trudge through never-ending tasks. Or feeling lost as if life hasn't quite turned out exactly as hoped and where to go or what to do next is kind of confusing and uncertain. Feeling worried, worried about how the kids are doing at school or in their friendships, worried about job security or finances, worried about a health issue or what someone else might be saying behind your back. Or feeling sort of resistant, 
resistant to getting started on a new project or chore or something that needs to be done that's going to take energy and focus and there's a part inside that just wants to avoid it and not have to do with it. And that could for sure apply to looking more closely at what you're eating too. There's some extra layering going on there, right? Eating as a way to avoid looking more closely at the eating, but it does happen. Those are just a few examples of common emotions that lead to using food to feel better, to take the edge off. And of course, there are so many more. Loneliness, embarrassment, resentment, sadness, any emotion that's uncomfortable and doesn't feel good. If you recognise that you're an emotional eater, but it still doesn't really make sense why it happens, the following analogies might be helpful. They're metaphors to describe how food can help numb out an emotion. The first involves one of those posh crystal wine glasses. Imagine flicking the rim of the glass and the resounding chime it makes. It's really distinctive, isn't it? Well, fill that glass with wine and the chime is muted. It's shorter in duration and a lower resonance. That metaphor works if emotions are the chime coming from the glass and food is the wine. In other words, the more food, the more muted the emotional experience. Another analogy is of pressing the eject button in an aeroplane. Food is the ejector button. It takes you out of the emotion as quickly as possible. It offers an escape route. And the last one is one that I really like and certainly felt as if it was true for me. And that's of being wrapped up in a soft and snuggly blanket, a blanket that's warm and comforting and almost blocks out the world around you. Food was definitely like that blanket for me and was like a warm, comforting, safe hug whenever I thought I needed it. So food acts really well to block out emotions. That's why emotional eating makes so much sense and can become such an entrenched or ingrained pattern of behaviour. In a way, it's a solution to a problem. But also, when emotions are blocked, they stay stuck. They have no room to move through and move on. So it's much less easy to feel better in the longer term. And there's the extra layer of feeling worse because of the food. The original feeling that wasn't that great is still there, but now with an extra layer of regret that surrounds a subsequent binge. And often it's the binge eating that becomes the focus point of what needs to be fixed or resolved, when actually it's the underlying emotional experience that would be far more beneficial to understand and get closer to. Now, there's no getting around that some emotions don't feel good. So part of this process of dealing with emotional eating is to begin to normalise those emotions that we don't honestly want to feel. One way to do that is to consider this question. What if all emotions are there so that they can be felt? They're meant to be felt and experienced. After all, Think of all the emotions that aren't great, but you wouldn't want to be any other way. For example, when someone you love dies or a treasured pet, you probably want to feel sad. The thought of feeling happy isn't where you'd want to go. It'd feel inappropriate and wrong. The sadness still feels 
well, sad, but it also feels necessary and important. Or if someone steals from you or scams you, the anger you likely feel can be helpful in that you can use it as leverage or energy to rectify the situation, to create boundaries moving forward, and to make sure that that type of stealing or conning doesn't happen again. And emotions always hold a message too. Loneliness might hold the message that you need more connection, that it's time to restart a hobby or meet up with a friend or start a book club or something, all of which create those opportunities to connect. Or frustration at work might hold the message that it's time to talk to the boss about a new challenge or problematic team member. Or it might even be time to reassess your career path and perhaps look around to see what other job opportunities are about. Emotions, even the ones we don't much like, perhaps especially those ones that we don't much like, carry such valuable information. What if part of this crazy ride that is life is to feel them all? And what if feeling good and happy all the time is actually to be missing out on the full spectrum of experience? If that idea lands with you at all, it can even lead to an invitation to feel more, to gradually expand the breadth of emotions that you're willing to feel. When that happens, any emotional eating will naturally begin to ease. Now, that full spectrum of emotions idea is all very well, but it can also be a bit intimidating. You might not want to feel uncomfortable or bad, and even if you're up for giving the idea a go, you might not know where to start. That's where we're going to go next. Perhaps the first thing to consider is that Emotions are a bit like a flow of energy. They move and change and transform. They flow through and are released. An emotion doesn't stay static and it doesn't last or stay the same forever, no matter how intense it might feel in the moment. So if you can help the emotion move to swell up like a wave and then recede, it'll stop it staying stuck inside you. In other words, if the feeling isn't blocked by eating, you'll be able to fully experience it, to understand it, to move through it and to move on to something new. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you'll already know I often mention the following two skills as being key to finding a way out of binging or overeating. And those skills are awareness and curiosity. That's because nurturing both awareness and curiosity is really helpful across the board in so many situations and emotions are no different. So here are the steps to feeling emotions without needing to binge or to use food to dumb them down or numb them out. You can experiment with as many of these questions as feel right for you. First, Take a couple of deep breaths, slow down and tune in. Ask yourself, what am I feeling? Start by seeing if you can name the emotion. Question two is to ask yourself, why am I feeling like this? What's happened? What's on my mind? See if you can uncover anything specific that's causing the emotion. Question three is, 
does the way I'm feeling make sense to me? Even if I don't like it, do I understand why the emotion is here? Question four is to ask, is there anything this feeling might be trying to tell me? Is there anything I need to know or do? If this feeling is here to try and help me, what's it trying to achieve? Question five is, how would I describe the way that this feeling shows up in my body? How do I sense it? Question six is, how do the sensations associated with this emotion change over time? Does it soften instantly or does it intensify? Does it calm in recurring waves? Does it transform into a different emotion? For example, a high intensity emotion like anger can often shift to a lower intensity emotion like sadness and then flip back again later on. Question seven is to ask yourself, do I want to keep feeling like this? Maybe your answer is yes, so it's worth noticing and honouring that. If it's a no, then what's one tiny thing I could do to feel differently, to help the emotion move through me a little? That might be to see if there's a different way to interpret a situation. That's an area that I covered in detail in episode 12. So you can go back and listen to that if you'd like to. You'll find it at yoyofreedom.com forward slash 12. It might be to move your body. Even a stretch or a change of position can be helpful. I don't know about you, but for me, if I was feeling bad and I was likely to binge, my body tended to be really tense and I might have been curled up on a sofa or hunched in a car. So moving really helped me release that tension and it was so helpful. Or it might be to rest or make a plan for the evening or buy a bunch of flowers or move to a different location. The answers that come up to that question are fascinating and so insightful. So as you feel whatever you're feeling and ask these questions, what do you notice? I've often read that emotions last for 90 seconds. For sure, it doesn't always seem like that, right? My take is that emotions come in waves and they keep coming for as long as they need to or until a shift happens so that they can be released. But you can use these questions in 90 second chunks if you like. It makes the process a little more manageable and everything you notice is important and will begin to make a difference. To wrap up, emotional eating makes a heck of a lot of sense. It probably helped you get through many challenging times in the past. In fact, it's really worth taking a moment to recognise some of those times. But what if you could begin to feel all the emotions without pushing them away with food? How would your life be different? My guess is that it would change so many things about how you are in the world, as well as the types and amounts of food you eat. Because... What if we're not here to feel good or happy all the time, but instead we're here to feel everything? As I leave that question to percolate in your mind, I want to let you know that you can find out about more key techniques to shift away from binging and overeating in my free guide, The Eight Unexpected Strategies to Change Your Eating. To download your copy, just go to the show notes for this episode at yoyofreedom.com forward slash 13. 
it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to the Yo-Yo Freedom podcast for more insight, tools and support as you pull back from binging and overeating and step into your most authentic, vibrant life. If you found this episode helpful, it would be wonderful if you'd take a moment to rate the Yo-Yo Freedom podcast on whichever platform you listen on. Thank you so much. Bye-bye for now.